We are Guys in Shorts, your weekly podcast for all things sports, entertainment, and pop culture. I don't know, can we still call ourselves weekly after last <laughs> week? Well, uh, yes. Man. I'm on, I'm on was, board with it Ben, It was yes. an anomaly. That's yeah, right. we, we right. took a lot of heat for going MIA last week. More on that in a minute. It was a hell of a week to miss, though, as Magic, in a surprise move, stepped down from his post with the Lakers. Then in a not-so-surprising move, Luke Walton also parted ways with the Lakers. I'm sure Ben and Vic have plenty of thoughts on that. We'll get to that. (laughs) Vic also couldn't let this week go by without mentioning that Game of Thrones is back. La, 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 la. No spoilers. No spoilers. (laughs) What season are you on, Derek? Five. Oh, jeez. Okay, that's enough. Uh, (laughs) No more. Ben, what season are you on? Uh, I haven't started yet. (laughs) And and I won't start. Right there with you. There's a lot of TNA. Right there with you. Uh, So what are we missing? We got sports, entertainment, pop culture. Uh, Oh, yeah, poetry. We need to broaden our horizons, guys. We're going to talk some poetry. Yeah. Calling into the show. We have an honest-to-God poet. Wow. He's He's legit. Who knew that we knew one? He has a book and everything. He has a building and everything. Wow. Poem on a building. Yeah. Uh, Mike the Poet will be calling in. It's pretty, uh, it's a good show. Yeah. We're branching out here, guys. This is good. Good stuff. Try try not to embarrass yourself, Ben. Yeah. No, I'm just listening. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pod. I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Victor Costello. I was going to say this last week, but then we didn't pod, but I'm going to say it this week. Even though it doesn't make any more sense. I'm still going to say it this week. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. No. The Dodgers are dead. Long live the Angels. Oh, whoa. whoa. I know, but now it doesn't make what? sense because they won like three or yeah. four in a row. But oh, still, I was I, really going to say I that. Still... And now the Angels yeah. are crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> I know I was ready to call Darren drama queen of the year. And the Angels went on that hot streak. Hey, I ranted and uh, they listened. Oh, That's hey. Right. They listened Darren to the Basa. podcast. Tonight. Brought to you by Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. The Costco version. That's Boy, Elijah that. Craig. That's a yeah, big... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's how much, I didn't even catch that. That's how much I've had. And thank you, Victor, for proving my point. <laughs> you drank too much. Seriously. Oh, and Ben Garcia. Hoopty hoo. Yeah. Good to see you, gentlemen. So, um... I think we need to address last week. You mean the, the elephant that, in the room? The elephant in the room. So I lost like three pounds. Jesus. I we got crap from uh, several <laughs> people. <fatty>. Cliff, <laughs> yeah, our buddy Cliff from yeah. Northern California. Yeah. He gave us crap. Michael Arajo texted me yeah. the other night saying, "I'm fiending for my guys in shorts." <laughs> I think he was talking about us. And that's it. <laughs> yes. The show. Whoa, whoa. And, uh, <laughs> I hope it was about us. Yeah. And uh, mm. and uh, so to address last week, um, my wife uh, had an appendectomy and uh, had an emergency, uh, you know, had her appendix out, which actually, you know, is, is a pretty standard thing until she goes under... And her heart stops aye, aye, aye. for 20 seconds. Oh. And they had to do compressions on her. That's anyway, crazy, dude. She's okay. She's good. Everything's thank everything's God. fine. Yes. Yep. So so uh thank you. Thank you guys for all your support. Yes. But I did want to bring up the fact that um you still had every opportunity to have the show. And what the <laughs> heck? There was no show. So I, I I'd like to start to address it by saying two things. The first thing is is that if only one person has a car and you need to go somewhere, 
you know, you can't really go Are anywhere. Are you using that the high school excuse? No, I feel uh, like I'm, you couldn't use that. No, what I'm saying is that like, years all the equipment and stuff is here. Uh-huh. And so we didn't have access to that. So that was number one. And second, I of all, told you I'd get it for you. Uh, I didn't hear that part. The second, <laughs> the second thing is that no one took charge. Yeah, I think that's actually the big thing. Ben tried. I didn't try. All I said was, I'm going to the pump room. That, if well, you guys want to join that's me. That's more than anybody else did. So. <laughs> as, as of last week, that was an attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I tried. Yeah. I mean, half the, half the week goes by until Wednesday morning, and <laughs> Jeff mentions, hey, guys, it's pod night. Yeah. Oh, it's pod night. Should we mention the other way we know it's a pod night? <laughs> well, we're going to keep that on the download. <laughs> it's funny. You realize, I realize, you know, I'm... I'm not the the most knowledgeable in the room, you know. I'm, you know, maybe a decent. I'm host. glad I, you admitted. I, I feel like I've, I've, I always felt like, you know, my place on the show was that I was the one that got the equipment and, and you know, put it in here. But I realized I'm the only planner in this group. Well, we could have t- we yeah. told you that. That's true. Oh, well, that's how we planned. That's, <laughs> this is exactly how we planned it, Jeff. You fell into our trap. So for all of you out there, that's that's why I I have we, to be on. The we show, may have pulled the apparently. curtain a little bit too far. Well, back so there, yeah. just truth be told, so Eric and I met out at the pump room la- yeah. or last week, and we did a full show. <laughs> well, it was take your mic. It's the lost show. I did take my show or my my mic, but it was it just it didn't it didn't work. And really, so, yeah, and I I didn't want to say. It, oh, honestly, I was so here's looking forward to the D one awesome. and Hammer show. No, but here's the thing, and and when you get accustomed to listening to something that is high quality as far as the the sound goes. That when you go and it doesn't sound good, I've listened to podcasts where they go out and it just doesn't sound as good. I'll yeah. listen for five minutes and turn it off. Okay. Oh yeah, and so I, I didn't want to subject our fans to that, but yeah. uh, we had a great because it couldn't last have week. been the content. I mean, I'm oh no, sure. The, it was honestly, amazing. this was the best show. <laughs> this was the best. It was show under thirty that we put minutes together. too, right? Yeah. It was no, no, no. Minutes. This was like no. an hour. And a half. <laughs> content wise, it that was, was yeah. the longest legit. show. <laughs> Ben was set free. But you would have needed a thesaurus <laughs> to listen to that conversation and understand what was talking about. Oh, because brother. both Eric and I, you know, we're such great linguists. Oh, yeah. And You're we have such linguists. large vocabulary. We, we need to release this during the, the uh, Christmas yeah. break that we get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh. There we go. Bonus. Yes. Bonus feed. Don't delete it. Okay. Don't delete it, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll have plenty to talk about with uh, Mike the Poet later, since you're such a a, a cunning linguist. <laughs> and a master debater. And a master debater. <laughs> yeah. More of the latter. All right, let's talk some Lakers. Everybody, I'm sure, was <sighs> just waiting for your opinion last week on uh, Magic, Luke Walton, and everything going on. Plus, the, the Clippers, actually... A lot of people saying the Clippers are now the place to be in L.A. I, I can't be. You know, I here's the thing. Saying that. I know that you're loved. I love that you say people are saying that. I've been saying that for an, a year now. Since Jerry West signed with the Clippers, I've been saying, <laughs> you're, guys, you're just ahead of the time. I'm wow. like, guys, you really need to start looking at the Clippers. They're so, going to surpass the Lakers, but no, you don't listen to me. You wait no, till people tell you, and then you bring it to this podcast. The Clippers could win three the championships people, people in a row. People don't wear flesh-colored T-shirts. <laughs> Those people I trust. Yeah, the Clippers could, wear, could win three championships in a row, and it wouldn't make a dent in the Lakers. Magic. Thoughts. Good. Happy about it? Yes. Vic? You know, I keep hearing that the problem is 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 Palinka, and that nobody in nobody the, wants nobody, to deal nobody with wants to deal with him. Nobody wants to talk to him. Uh, you had uh, I think it was Dave McMinnett. Was it him from ESPN? Somebody from ESPN went on a rant on Twitter, and these are things that I've been I've been hearing for the past like month that it's Robert, even Ramona Shelburne finally admitted. Yeah, people in the league don't like him, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's it's been it's it's a buildup that it's like. 
this guy goes on Twitter when, and he's like, I don't understand the – this is what worries me about the Lakers front office. He's like, I don't understand. They know this. They know this, and yet they're keeping him on. What is going on in the Lakers front office? Nobody wants to deal with this man. Nobody likes him, and that's why you had this whole fiasco with the with the with the pink with the Penguins with the Pelicans. And so, uh, Magic Johnson leaving, I, I think, was a good thing. I do think it was a good thing because obviously he wasn't he wasn't committed to it. He job. wasn't committed, and I think that that was the yeah. big thing. Is he was not committed to this, and mm-hmm. and. You have if you're going to be the president of basketball operations, that's all you can do. Like you can't do anything else. So in that respect, I'm glad he's gone. But I hope Palinka leaves soon. I, I don't want him around mm. at all. Okay. Yeah. So indifferent on Magic stepping down then? No, I'm glad. I'm glad he's gone. Okay. I'm glad he's gone because he like like Darren said he just he wasn't he kind of admitted it. He's like I, you know. If you're not going to go out there and scout, if yeah, you're not you, going international, if you're not going to, to the Final Four. Yeah. Why you know I could respect his decision to go. Yeah, totally. Court. You know, I I watched Ball in the Family last night. <laughs> of course you did. Not a well, shocker. It was because Araujo when he was here, he's like, "You oh, gotta right, check it out." Right. Oh, so I thought, true. you know what? I'll check the episode out. So I watched it last night, and the only thought that I had when I was watching the twenty minute episode mm-hmm. was, "I bet you this is how Magic scouts." Is that he watches Ball in the Family <laughs> and those little clips that they have of the basketball, you know, uh, you know the eighteen and old yes, unders, yes. you know, wherever the hell they're playing. He's like, oh, that that player in the thirty two looks pretty good here, Palenka. Go check him out. <laughs> I literally think that's the only homework that Magic would have done because I don't think his ass got any into any gym to go watch anybody play. Yeah, yeah. and th- and that's exactly why I could respect his decision. I mean, yeah. any good executive within a company, if you're not doing your job. Give it up. Yeah. Don't do it. Give it to somebody else. He's yeah. not a desk guy. No. He's not a yeah. he, he he's not anyone that needs constraints on him. He needs to be magic. Be magic. Okay, Luke Walton stepping down. Is it a good thing? No. Really? No. I personally I, I think that if and I I read this article the other day that said that every year that Luke has been in his place defensively the Lakers have got better. And when you think about offense, offense a lot of times is rhythm. It's just catching, you know, it's, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Catching up with the speed of the game. So if you're 18 years old, 19 years old, you're coming out into the draft, sometimes the offense, it just takes you time to, to find your place to, to find your place on the court to get that spacing right. But defensively, that's about the team working together and that's coaching. And so when you, when you look at defensive statistics, Defensively, they got better every single year. And when they started this season with LeBron and a bunch of cast-off veterans, they were fourth in the West. They were contend. They were competing every single night. And if they had stayed healthy, they probably would have made the playoffs and and more than likely would have been a top four seed. That's that's the way I think about it. And then you know LeBron gets hurt. All these other players get hurt. Rondo spends time. Lonzo spends time on the dis- disabled list. And all of a sudden, the season falls apart. Then you get the Anthony Davis trade, and it's like now all the chemistry is gone. And at the end of the day, I don't think any of that is Luke Walton's fault. And whatever Magic had against Luke Walton, I will never know. But I think that he poisoned the Laker front office, Palenka and, and Jeannie Buss, with enough information, you know, according to Magic, that Luke Walton was not the guy. And so they fired him. And so what happens the next day, he signs with the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. If he was really that bad, I don't think anybody would have been, hey, we, we need to sign this guy right away. Um, personally, I, I think Luke Walton was young. I think that he had a, a steep learning curve because you can't come in at 38 years old, you know, 
literally coaching the guys that you played with and then expect him to be the next Phil Jackson. I, I mentioned it when we hired Luke Walton that the Lakers had to be patient. And and I felt with the first two years, the rebuild, you know, really not having any aspirations of contending for a playoff spot, they were patient with him. But all of a sudden, LeBron comes in, and the Lakers all of a sudden think, okay, we need to win a championship this year. And, I mean, even Magic himself said, guys, we need to be patient. We've only got one guy. We're going to wait for next season. We're going to get another one. And, and then it's like two weeks into that season, he's like, you know, yelling at Luke Walton and telling everybody that he's, he's not the guy. I, I think the Lakers were a little bit premature. I think you, 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 you had to have given him at least one more year, which he only had one more year of guaranteed money left anyway on yeah. his contract. Yeah. Let him go into next season. Now, if midway through next season you realize that he's not the guy, you let him finish the season, that gives you six months to figure out who your next head coach is going to be. But right now, we've got no president of basketball operations. We've got no head coach. According to Vic, we got a GM that nobody wants to deal with. We have an owner that's completely out of touch. We got a roster that doesn't have quality talent on it, minus LeBron James, who's already three years past his prime. This this Laker team, when you think about it, and, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, we literally are the mid-2000 Raiders. I think we're going to go through like a 12-year, 15-year stretch where oh, we don't make the wow. playoffs. It's going to be bad. Wow. It really is going to be bad because I think what's going to happen, and, and the Raiders are still doing it, let's go back. Who was the last Raider that gave us success? Let's, let's hire John Gruden, right? We've already done Byron Scott. We've already done Magic Johnson, right? Who's Mike, Michael Cooper? Is he going to be the next one because he won a championship with the Sparks? I literally no, don't it's think, probably going to be Tyrone Lue. I literally don't think that the they look outside. Well, you know what? And if it is, yeah. it's because LeBron James is running the team. And, 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 and that, that decision right now will tell me if it's Jeannie Palenka or if it's LeBron running the team, whoever the next head coach is. Because if it's, late, if it's, if it's Jeannie, it'll be an old Laker. It'll be worthy. It'll be Sedale yeah. Threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it'd be Sedale. Maybe Smush Parker. Okay. But but my point is Maybe is that Smush. this team right now there isn't uh, a level in which they are competent. I mean, yeah. when you think about coaching, players, scouting, you know, developments, like none of it. The Lakers right now are at the bottom of the list, and it's sad. Wow. Well, I don't know about that. All right. Vic, <laughs> hold on, real quick, because we need to go to you for your counter. Ben actually used some stats in his argument yeah. there, and yeah. uh, it would be amazing if you disagreed. So I'm curious, <laughs> agree or disagree? <laughs> well, no, a lot of what Ben said is, is, well, the beginning of what Ben started to say was was true. <laughs> And then he kind of, then he kind of, yeah. And then he started to do his Ben thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Later on, Um, because I mean, the Lakers are awesome. He's a big dumb animal. The Lakers are awesome at at scouting players. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that, right? We got rid of Zubak for nothing. That's not scouting players. We let, we I'm, let I'm talking of, about getting guys in of, the draft. No, but here's the thing. We let go of, of Brooke Lopez. We've let guy. Of, let, but that's not the draft. Go. Uh, Randall. We let him go. We, we had to we let got, Randall go. We had to let Randall go for cap space. But yeah. but my point is, is that if we were good at evaluating no. talent and yeah. we looked at Julius Randall and we said, you know, maybe this guy, maybe this was his breakout season or maybe next year will be his breakout season maybe let's take a chance and maybe not no, have cap but space not, but keep him no that's but what not, they're not doing no but you're not okay what you're not realizing though is julius randall's not going to get you to the to the nba championship lebron james will no but you need andre iguodala you need yeah and you can Thompson. find those other players though they're, but, they're, but those the are called is, role players they are role players yeah. but if you so, already <laughs> have them like we got Darren, you want some popcorn <laughs> I want some more Elijah this Wood. Is great. Yeah. yeah. 
who's, who's the guy? Uh, Williams. So, anyways, what I was saying was that they're really good at, at, at evaluating the draft. You're the players wrong. that come out. The players that come out of the draft, which is it's it's a proven fact. Like you can't you true, can't ben. argue how that. Can you, uh, yeah. Ingram, that's you all... yeah, you can't argue that. I mean, there's no way you can't. They got Kuzma way down on the line. They got Josh Hart as a nose down defender, right? They got Zubak. They they picked up all these players later. So their, their evaluation is really good, right? Plus, last year they just went and got, you know, one Who of the Who gets the credit uh, for those, by the way? Not Magic. Yeah, no, that wouldn't Is that Palinka? No, that was No, 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 no. Though that's their scouting uh, team. Okay. Yeah. Those are the guys that go and watch all the all the um but but what but what Ben was right about was about Luke Walton. I, I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like they, they just let him go too too early. Yeah. I mean it's I understand a part of me understands why they had to let him go now because of all the controversy that's been going on. I mean, I don't I don't even know if he wanted to stay. That's yeah. that's honest, honest, like it honestly mutual. that's that's where I yeah, I so, almost feel like that may have been the case. Yeah, so I don't know because th- Two days before he signed with Sacramento, there was rumors he's going to Sacramento. And this is two days before – or a day before he gets fired. Right. Two days before he goes. People already knew he was going to Sacramento. So I, I don't yeah. know if he wanted to actually stay with ev- everything that was going on. Yeah. But, yeah, um, obviously it's it's there's something going on in that front office that uh, – uh, I, I, you know, one of the things I've been asking myself is: it time for the buses to sell the Lakers? You it know? is. Whoa! And yeah. that's what I was going to ask: is is wow. G a problem? Yes, she's yeah. the biggest problem. I mean, okay, we talked about the Patriots and 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 Bob Kraft, and when you have solid leadership at the top, you can ma- you can maintain a dynasty. So when Jerry yeah. Buss was in place, he was that he was that guy that he was the rock. He was the one that any everybody on that organization knew that they could rely on to make the right decision. And so everybody knew what their role was. Everybody performed at the highest level that they could at wherever at whatever they were doing, and that's what made them succeed. The problem with Jeannie, I think, is that Jeannie thinks that she's her dad, hmm. and she's not. And she continues to propagate and make the same mistakes. I mean, you have to look at Magic Johnson – and you have to be able to evaluate what he's capable of. Now, I love Magic. He was a great player. He's a great personality. And he is a great ambassador of the Lakers and of the NBA. But I, I sitting here in this couch in Long Beach in a garage, can look at Magic Johnson and, and, and say to myself, I don't think he has what it takes to be a successful basketball president of operations. And, and, you know, she is the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. She should be able to evaluate that type of talent. Yeah. And she doesn't. And so she made that mistake. And if, and if what Vic is saying about Rob Palenka is correct, which I, it probably is, she made a mistake hiring him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's not – leadership is about who you hire. And it's about being able to evaluate that type of talent. And and she knows what that job requires. She knows basketball. She knows the Laker organization. She grew up in it. She just doesn't know how to evaluate what people are right for those jobs. She she looks at it and says, magic's a name. Let's just give him a shot. Because if I make that choice and it's wrong, that blames on magic, not on me. But if she wants to win, she needs to make that right decision. We need Jerry West. We did. That was Uh, the biggest mistake the Lakers had made. By far. Oh, anything else? We good on that? Well, with that being said, I mean, who would you guys like to coach? Oh, God, that's a whole other episode because LeBron, I'm not even I literally, sure. I would say LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, it kind of sounds like he's I'm coaching a team right now. You're, you're already paying Luke Walton, right? Next season, because yeah. we're not going to get another star. So we're going to go back with the exact same team that we had last year yeah. that blew up. Mm-hmm. So why why hire somebody for two or three years? 
when you know LeBron's over there dictating the what shots, he wants yeah. to do anyway. Yeah. So you may as well say, hey, listen, bro, we're not going to win. You're making $30 million a season, and you know you shouldn't be, and you're going to be hurt half the season because you're no longer physically capable of performing at that level. So you may as, be, may as well be our head coach. <laughs> there you go. That's what I think. Jackie Moon Fuck did it, it in the uh, critically ben, acclaimed That's, that's so beautiful. That is yeah. beautiful what you just said. Uh, you're welcome. I love it. Well, I tell you what. It sounds like it's a lot of doom and gloom for the Lakers. And well, according no to Ben, it's not 12 time. years. Yeah. <laughs> until, until Kobe comes in and saves him. We're going oh, no, no to need to learn how to express our feelings, I think, guys. And uh, <laughs> no better way to do that than through poetry. That's oh, good stuff. Right? It's we, good stuff. Let's get to our interview, shall we? Yeah. On the phone with us, we have a gentleman who is huge in the downtown L.A. poetry scene. He has a new book out called Letters to My City. I think, Vic, according to Vic, we got to find out if this is true, he actually had a poem on the side of a building. Yeah. That is legit awesome. right That's there. crazy. Yeah. On the phone, Mike the Poet. Mike. Woo! Man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. So so you and Vic, actually, full disclosure, you guys are buddies since how long? Is, is he a current friend or an ex-friend? Uh, sure. I don't want to, you know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm talking five, six years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, easily. Easily, yeah. Yeah, since, uh, I mean, the only other guy I, I, I still know that I've known as long as Victor is our other homeboy, Philip Medina. Medina and Victor... Are among two of my oldest friends. Like, oh yeah, yeah it's been a while. P Med, I remember. Pre kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, was Glenn Miller still number one on the chart? We had to go further back Sinatra. than that. Yeah, yeah. Sinatra. Uh, Sinatra. Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> so Vic obviously, uh, you know, branched off and and went into uh, you know sports and video games, and you went into poetry and culture. That's and- right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, Vic. Act- no, you're not. You're you're absolutely right. Those were true statements. <laughs> so hey, you so- want to know what though? Victor and I had a mutual period of baseball card collecting through our team. Oh, years. that's right. And, and Victor and I played uh, like we not only shot plenty of hoops, but we all watched uh, plenty of Laker Laker championships oh. in the eighties as kids together, and uh, yeah. and through the nineties and UCLA basketball. And yeah. I went to Georgia High when the O'Bannon brothers were winning state titles, and um, it's funny because I was a huge sports fan, and I still go back and forth with it, but. Um, Later on, as I became a historian and really got into poetry, I would say that watching sports and reading sports, I was re- I read the book The Boys of the Summer in the fourth grade. Like, I mean, I was early sports was a part of my vocabulary and a major part of my personal development. Like, my stepdad and I went to the game. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke the scoring record, and like nice. as oh. kids, I was you know Victor and I and a bunch of our other buddies. We were all like equally huge sports fans, and I would say that um, somewhere in my twenties. I think I was always so emotionally attached. You know, when the Dodgers would lose or the Lakers would lose, I'd be depressed for about a week. Right. So I kind of <laughs> I transferred some of that energy into poetry and writing. But um, I was going mean, to ask. I always say, Chick Chick Hearn and Vince Scully were my first LA poet. There you go. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I was going to ask: did did sports have an influence on your your poetry at all? Completely. I mean, uh, absolutely, man. And I mean. I always talk about some of my earliest influences were like Chick Hearn, Vince Scully, and my grandfather. Like, I remember 
you know, later on I studied all this L.A. history stuff, but, I mean, the first time I ever heard the Santa Ana winds was Vince Scully saying, the Santa Ana winds are blowing in over Deuce, you know, over nice. Chavez Ravine, yeah. and Deuce is wild, and heard that <laughs> when I was a little-ass kid, and then later on I read about it, and I was like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right? I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but so, how, yeah, man, completely. That That's awesome. How did, how... Poetry. How? Yeah, how I was actually. It, I'm wondering the happen? same thing. Like, I, yeah, it seems like it's kind of a lost art. I mean, maybe not because you're in you the know, scene, and but you know, it's not like there's a lot of Bill Shakespeare's walking down the street anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. You so know they're called Ice Cube. You, 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 <laughs> you, ask, you ask a relevant question, um, and, and Victor was there for all of this. But basically, we also grew up in the time of like hip hop and punk rock, and like the senior, my senior year of high school was when Nirvana first came out and we had a homeboy who had a band and like, um, you know, the riots were the week before my prom. And it was like, so we were, NWA was getting big throughout my high school time. I mean, I was eclectic where, I mean, I was a K-Rock guy, but I also liked, you know, I liked hip hop. I liked like a lot of everything. And so poetry is just lyrics to a song. And so a lot of it was writing about LA. I mean, I was a freshman at UCLA in the fall of 92 and we were running all over the city going to a million shows and was involved in a lot of different scenes. And so writing at that time was, um, writing at that time was just a major part of my personal development. And, uh, and the poetry community I was a part of was hip hop influenced, but it was also punk rock influenced. And my friends were all DJs and my wife is a painter that I'm with now, but, um, like all my friends were painters, poets, DJs. Uh, and it was a, and so, like, the poetry community that I was a part of was, was kind of, like, social justice, political. It's not Robert Frost. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> are modern. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, like, Robert right. Frost is, <laughs> so, I hear you, though. I mean, and Shakespeare has his moments and all, but it was really contemporary. It was really L.A. It was really multicultural. And it, I mean, I really, I always tell Victor this, but growing up in Cerritos just prepped me for all of that, man. Right. So is your radar just always up? Like, are you just, you know, driving to work or, or, or whatever? And, and like, you know, you, you hit traffic, you're like, oh, this would make a great poem. And, yeah. and I, I like, think, I, think, you know I think of Seinfeld, right? The way he writes his comedy, it's he lives his life and then he finds something funny about everyday life. So I would assume it's probably the same for you. You know what? That's a really great uh, deduction. And yeah, I mean, it is like that. I mean, in some Good of these pieces... Sometimes they just come a couple of lines at a time, but um, there's that kind of tradition. Like Walt Whitman was doing that in Brooklyn, New York City, in the in the late 19th century, and um, that was the dude in Paris, France, Baudelaire, and he, they called him the flaneer. And the flaneer was a person who thought they thought it was their duty to just mob through modern society and 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 observe it, but like record it and turn it into art. And so, just like Seinfeld running through New York in the 90s, or I mean, even, you know, actually comedians and poets are more alike than you think. You think about Dave Chappelle is probably one of the most, you know, of people that are really astute observers of modern society. Yeah. And it's funny, you go to open mics that are like half poetry, half comedy. So it, it's yeah. the same idea of, like you said, your radar always being on. And I'm a journalist, too, so it's a, it's a like, the journalism is just like the long old essays, and a poem is more like you're trying to get it down to the minimal amount of words, but the same idea of observing society and, and recording it and really trying to celebrate it too. 
This is making me think that, you know, I, I recently got married and my wife is always telling me I need to be more in touch with my feelings. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is that because robot? she's a woman or because she's a therapist? <laughs> I'd imagine as a, well, yeah, that, yeah, for sure. I'm sure she's analyzing me every day. Yeah. But, we do. But, like, how do you, how, I know this is a stupid question, but how do you, like, like get in touch with your feelings like that? I imagine you have to be so you know in what? tune That's with that stuff. Great. I mean, that, that's also another great question because... Thank you, because it sounded dumb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what? I'll explain it like this. Some of life um, is is so fast all the time. And, I mean, I was just talking to my daughter about this. Like, my kids are on the iPad a lot. And my kids are nine and five. And, um, you know, like, society moves so fast. We got technology. We all got iPhones. And I'm as guilty as anybody is you know, checking my phone and all that. But kind of what, what poetry is, is just being present. You know how they talk about uh, stop and smell the roses? All it really is is taking a moment to feel, you know, feel the cool wind on your face or um, or notice the crazy traffic and, and you know, and, and, or, you know, just noticing life around you. And and I, I think in some ways that we're, we're discouraged in life from checking in with our feelings, but... I always, uh, I, I, I teach at this place called Woodbury University in Burbank, and I, I mostly teach freshmen and sophomore in college, but uh, we have a really good animation department, architecture and game design and graphic design, and so I get all these students that are very tech-friendly, but they're also very artistic, but I kind of sneak a little poetry into their lives, and a lot of them later on don't even know that they loved it until later on they tell me, God, you know what, you really made me love writing, and a lot of it is just recording your everyday thoughts, and like, if you were in my class or something, I would be like, yo, write a poem about the Dodgers. And then you'd write a badass poem about the Dodgers. And you'd be like, you know what? I like poetry. <laughs> and so some of it is, you know, is, is just writing about your life and writing about what you're... But what you what know, you're right? With, what, what you know. And um, I really think it's good for mental health and spiritual fitness. I mean, and it's really... It's also fun. I mean, I have a good time with it. I have a lot of pieces... A lot of my work is about the city, about L.A., but also about family. And there's some stuff that's a little bit even more private. But a lot of it is just like you guys get together and talk about sports. I mean, there's a heavy tradition of sports writing. And a lot of these sports writers are, are poets, man, yeah. and are really – even our man – what's his name? Uh, homeboy Stephen Smith at ESPN. Who's oh, Stephen really A. Yeah. Vocal. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious, but he's kind of a poet, you know? Right, right. He doesn't know what he's talking like, about, but yeah. 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 <laughs> he like sure sounds poetry. like he knows that's what he's talking about. That's slam poetry, right? Yeah, so I, I, yeah that's, that's, that's slam poetry, man. So I, I have a question. So, you know, I, I, I watched uh, Straight Outta Compton, and in the beginning of the movie, yeah. Ice Cube is writing down poems, essentially, in a notebook. And, you know, yeah. it wasn't anything that he was going to share with anybody. These were just his thoughts. It was his life, you know, experiences that had happened to him. And then, you know, of course, his friends see it and he's trying to get out of the hood. And, and we've all seen the movie. We know the MWA story. But his release of getting some of those lyrics out to us was through music. So, you know, you in high school and in college, you, you have a notebook and you write this down. How do you get that out to people in the 90s when you don't have the Internet? You don't have that outlet that we have with podcasts and that young kids now have with Twitter and Facebook and, and all these different apps. You know what? How did you get that out? That that's another good question because it was a gradual process. And, um, I mean, it started with just writing little poems in a notebook in my UCLA dorm room and I might read it to my girlfriend or I'd read it to, 
um, we were all into hip hop. We were into the underground hip hop scene and we went to a lot of shows. Um, and I had a buddy of mine, Victor met him before, who was actually an all-star soccer player at UCLA. And, um, my friend Phil, and he, yeah, uh, Phil was cool, man. in New York now, but he's a soccer coach and a painter and a poet. And Phil was a badass soccer player, but he tore his ACL in his knee and he was, several of his friends ended up playing in the MLS and, um, Phil ended up becoming a soccer coach, but he was a really good poet too. And he had this kind of like a jock attitude about poetry. So like he believed in my, my work before I even believed in myself. And he was like, yo man, you got something to say. And he would like push me. And so we would start, we started going out to these open mics around town. Okay. And first, first we just did a lot of little small things. Man, it sounds so like stand-up late comedy. 90s, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 no, it's, 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 that's it's, what I was saying a few minutes back, it's not that much different than stand-up comedy. And yeah. these open mics have singer-songwriters and poets, and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of genres of poetry you wouldn't believe. And now, like, I've ent- entered a little bit more into the academic world only because it's the main place that really pays poets. But I'm a I have one foot kind of in the underground and one foot in the academic world, and I like to mix the two because. I love learning, and I'm, I'm definitely a dude who's about being educated and reading and writing. But also, like, if your stuff is too academic, you're not going to connect to the average person. So, like, I wrote a lot of articles for KCT, um, and I still have I – was, I was over there earlier today. I write a bunch of stuff on their website. But I like to speak to the everyday average person, more like a public intellectual. And, you know, like, I want my book to get out to everybody, not just people, not just the Ph.D. students that are into urban planning and architecture, but – I'm a, Mom, I'm a believer in Kansas. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, the city belongs to everybody, man. You know, and not just the city, but the Dodgers belong to everybody. The Lakers belong to everybody. The you know, talking about issues, talked you know, belongs to everybody. And uh, that's really what it's about is is having a dialogue about what's happening in the world. And writing is a good way to do it. And like, in a two three minute poem is a good way of. It's actually you know, in the soundbite generation, poetry is. The poetry is actually right now being read almost more than it ever has before. And some of it is these kids that are 10 or 15 years younger than Vic and I. Like a lot of the millennials, there's a lot of young people that really identify with it because they're they're mad at the political situation. They're mad at what's happening with the job market. And so there's a lot of people writing a lot of poetry about these things right now. Yeah, it's like like war songs in the 60s. There you go. <laughs> it's exactly. You remember, yeah. right, Vic? Yes. Remember. Oh yeah, I wrote some of them. <laughs> hey, Mike. Quick qu- Dylan. There you go. Hey, Mike. Quick question. So, talk to us about how. Uh, well, actually, talk to us about how the "I Am Alive in Los Angeles" your poem got put up on that building in Los Angeles. When you put that up on Twitter, I was blown away, dude. Like, I was yeah, like, that was, "Dang, that's, that's pretty awesome." Yeah, that's pretty intense, man. How how did that come about? You know, well, um, there was a. Uh, there's a group in downtown LA that's a part of the business improvement district. And it's like essentially all the merchants and all the shopkeepers and a lot of the, the people that are tied into the real estate developers. It's a whole group of business people that are connected in downtown. And there was a woman who was like from an advertising firm and they opened up a shop in downtown and they, uh, she wanted to make a big art installation. And a lot of these places have been hiring muralists and, and people to do art installations and she had the idea of, let's do a poem. And and the guy who heads the business improvement district was like, well, you know, it sounds like a good idea, but can you even find a poem that would even work? And so she started 
Googling all these poems about L.A., and my poem, I'm Alive in Los Angeles, is one of the best-known poems about L.A., and she really liked the theme of it because she felt like it doesn't, it doesn't hide from the ugliness of the city. Like, it talks about, yeah, there's homeless and there's this and that, but it's still, like, celebrating the spirit of the city, but it's not like rose colored lenses, but it's not, but it's, it's, it's positive, but it also uh, addresses the ugliness too. And, and they, they chose my poem because they said that it was the best representation it a lot of the, of the, reality, the truth, but it was a portrait, a portrait of the city. Yeah. That was truthful. Um, you know, but still like upbeat and saying, Hey, you know what, it, you know, I'm, I'm alive in Los Angeles you know, even as the price of rent rises and I'm alive in Los Angeles, you know, from block to block to block to block, extravagance and adversity interlock, palatial spots, crosswalks, burrito shops, housekeepers are hanging out of bus stops, the country club is all walled off and the city's blowing up like a Molotov and even when I'm in the shower, I'm hearing the horn song. I'm alive in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, yes. Nice. I love it. The big nasty redhead by my side. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Santa Ana winds blowing. That's right. That's right. Exactly, man. Uh, you got it, bro. That's, Mike, that's it exactly. Mike, why don't you tell us about the book? How did this come about, and and what uh, what can people expect in it? Yeah, you know what? It's it's got a lot of portraits of a lot of different corners of the city. Uh, about uh, maybe you know a few of the pieces were originally up on KCT. It's it's essays and poems equally. It's Portraits of Neighborhoods. Like, there's actually a piece about the Cerritos hip-hop history. I did two uh, two long articles about nice. Cerritos. The first one actually is going to be the long... The, there's there's one piece about Cerritos that's going to be in my next book, but this one was about the, the beat junkies and the, the the mobile Filipino DJs that grew up in Cerritos. And, yeah, um, there was a big contention of that when we were growing up. Huh. Man, DJ, DJ Red Matic and those guys, yeah, and... Uh, um, and so there's pieces about these different neighborhoods, and there's a poem called The 562 about growing up in Cerritos and, and Vic and all these guys, and um, pieces about famous writers. And uh, But you know what? I really like to celebrate the everyday person. My portrait of L.A. isn't like a Hollywood Sunset Strip Beverly Hills. It's more of like the everyday person that really makes the spirit of the city. Well, you can interview me yeah, anytime. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's that's, that's cool, dude. Great dude, man. You guys are the, you know, like the, the the everyday people, whether it be like a Japanese Buddhist church in Boyle Heights, or um, I met this Cambodian rapper in Long Beach who did this bilingual album that was half English, half Cambodian, and he became like the Bob Marley of Cambodia because he was talking about genocide and. Uh, he was talking about the things that happened. He got all these stories from his uncles and parents, and he wrote this this album that got bootlegged. He made it. He recorded it in a garage in Long Beach, and it got bootlegged and taken to Cambodia. And he became like a major, uh, you know. Now he tours colleges all around America, Asian American, all the different uh, Asian American college groups, and a student named Pratch Lee. And he grew, he went to he went to Poly High in Long Beach, but um, hmm. he's an interesting dude that I knew. So there's a lot of stories about different people and um people and neighborhoods and uh it's even like a little more essays and poems but a, a lot of pretty short pieces that are just snapshots of the city right on so well how pe can people uh, find the book is it out yet yeah it's out it's out it's on it's on amazon and barnes and noble and uh 
it's in a few stores so far, but it's definitely online. And okay. one week from tonight, I'm doing an event at the Cerritos Library. Man. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, man. All right, so I, what I'm date really is that? Up about it. The April 24th at 7 o'clock, one week from today. And okay. I'm really pumped up about this because that's the library I was in as a kid. And I remember in its all its forms. I remember when it was one story. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Dude. oh, yeah. <laughs> Now then it's it amazing, but yeah, back then. <laughs> now it's now it's nine stories, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now it looks like the, now it looks like the Disney concert hall. You know? yeah, it yeah. does, yeah. And Vic it's is nuts. the mayor. <laughs> yeah, and Love Victor it. Costello is the mayor, man. That's right. You know? That's right. <laughs> awesome. So for people who can't make the uh, the library reading, how else can they find you online, social media, and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at Twitter, I'm Mike the Poet LA. Just like just like it sounds, Mike the Poet LA at Twitter, and I'm on most of these. I think on Instagram, I'm Mike the Poet LA. I'm I'm on most of these platforms, and uh, um, you can buy my book definitely online. You know, at you know any any place like I said, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and uh, the publishers are local. Actually, it's it's a small publishing house, but they published about twenty books and. It's a it's a group of people that call themselves the accomplices. Writ Large Press, aka the accomplices. It's this couple that's in downtown LA. Um, this dude who's in Brooklyn, New York, and this woman in Portland, Oregon. And they the three of them that they came together and started a publishing company about ten years ago. And um, one of the one of the main publishers is my old friend. And um, so this is I've done a couple other books before, but this is the real one. This is the one that I'm really making the making the big moves with and that I'm I'm the most happy with and uh real happy about it man you know That's awesome. Well good for you. We're we're uh we're proud of you. Oh yeah, yes. big time. Heck dude. yeah. Hey man, I appreciate you guys. I'm I'm in big support of everything you're doing and like the dialogue about, you know, because talking about all these issues and and through sports as a lens that's a bigger version of America that it all it all connects. And so what you what you guys are doing is important and we need to talk about these things, but we need to laugh too. So thank you for what you guys are doing over there. Well, we appreciate you recognizing us as the pioneers. That we, are. <laughs> <laughs> we are pretty great. Yeah. We are pretty great. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Yeah. Mike, I feel more cultured just talking to you, my friend. <laughs> we all do. Oh, yeah. Thank we you all do. So Definitely. much for right. calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah, Mike, thanks, the poet. Man. Woo! Hey, Woo! hey, man, you guys. Hey, you guys are the dudes. And let me, let me leave you with eight lines. I'm just going to leave. All right. Oh, yes. All right. Here we go. Build the bridge, lay down the bricks, fill in the ridges, stack the sticks. Feed the fire, consider the cost. Take it up higher, the city is ours. L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Great job, Mike. Love it. Awesome. Hey, thank you very much for having me on the air, man. If you guys need- get a chance, please please come out next week, April twenty fourth, to Cerritos Library. Yeah, but for sure. If not, there's many more and, and to be continued. And I appreciate you guys, man. Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate Thanks, you, Mike. Appreciate Thanks you. again. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. All right. Big up. How about that? I'm proud huh. of us. We got a it's- poet on the Vic. Good job, my oh, good job, thanks, Vic. Man. Yeah, you know, I you know I try to Goodness you know bring culture. a little culture into this uh, podcast. You could have very mocked. easily been mocked for that decision. Well, oh, trust and me, I, I would not have. I was mocking him when I got the text. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> a poet. A poet. It was pretty legit. I, it was. I think we should. Should we give ourselves some homework? No. Wait, wait. I feel like we should write a poem for next week. <laughs> You Each know what? Of us I'm in. A poem. I'm in. Ooh. I'm out. 
I'm in. You're not going to write one? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write one. I'm going to write one. I'll write one. I'll write one. I'm going to do it just for personal growth. Mine's, nice. gonna, mine's gonna definitely going to rhyme. One. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course it is. You can't just copy rhyme. it out of Green Eggs and Ham. Oh. Oh. It's a lot of Dr. Seuss text I yeah. love, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I can right. make it. Yeah. All right. And write a poem. No, because here's the thing. I one of the reasons why I will never go back to school is because I don't ever want to do homework anymore. <laughs> you know what? That, that's a good. Point. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Personal Fair growth. Enough. Actually, quick story. Uh, the I I don't get nervous a lot. I think the most nervous I ever was was I took a creative writing class. Oh, in, wow. in college, and you had to write a poem, and I am not at all in touch with my yeah you're not in touch with your inner self i I just don't i don't know that so (laughs) so i wrote this poem that i think is all good and then you got to read it in front of the class yeah i'm all nervous dude and i read it and the reaction was like um well (laughs) it's it's good it but it's it might be a little bit better as a coca-cola commercial oh (laughs) what does that even mean i didn't (laughs) You know what? It, <laughs> hey, you know what though? If you had written a Coca-Cola commercial, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that Coca-Cola right? commercial is going to make way more money than your poems. Now, I'm just saying. Nothing, nothing against Mike the Poet, and, and <laughs> which is great. But anyway, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, all the credit in the world to those who can. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I'm in. Yeah, Ben, I'm, write a poem. Come I'm on. in, even if it's two Big, lines. Or Ben, get on there. Yeah. Come on, a limerick. Remind me the morning. Of it. All right, <laughs> all right. sounds good. Okay, Ooh. we. You know I gotta, what? I feel like we do our poetry. best work at the last minute. Yeah, That's if true. it wasn't for the last minute, nothing true. would ever get done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk some. Uh, oh, what? There's a show. Some some show that started. Game of Cards. Game. Oh, don't, of, do oh, don't do it. House of Cards. Um, House of Cards. Uh, no. Yes. yes. Is Kevin Spacey um, back yet? No. No. Fuller House no. season three. Game of Thrones. Oh, that's Game of Thrones. It, that's that's where I take my earphones I, off. I, I, yeah, we'll see you, Ben. I'll, I'd join you, but uh, I feel like you somebody's got to steer this ship. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? It It is a bummer. I, I wish that I was interested because Ugh. you see it everywhere and everybody is out of their minds I, for this oh, show. You know what, Jeff? I, I understand that you don't like that genre of anything. Yeah. Um, but it's so much more than that. Like, I, I mean, the it. writing is, is. I'll find is, it one day. The, yeah, the writing. You know what? It, it, people you, say the same thing about sushi. It's the sushi of TV because people, sushi lovers, can't understand why anyone would not like raw fish. Oh, right. But there are people that don't like raw fish. Right. I want some unagi. Just like right there's now. people that <laughs> don't like shows about medieval times. Yes. Yes. And, and Which, stuff like that. But you know, once you get you, you find it. I, I actually like sushi now. <laughs> and, and I'm sure one of these days I'll find yeah. Game of Thrones if, and I'll get on. Yeah. Here, here, but that this, day is this not is, today. This is the reason why I, I think that you'll love it is because of the writing and the character development. I'm just going to say that. So anyways, yes. Game, Game of Thrones season, season eight, episode one just happened. And it was the biggest uh, pull in a viewership from HBO of any show they've ever done. Right. Stop right there. No, no more. No more spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. Eleven point two million v- viewers watched it live. They have uh, up to eighteen million now who have watched it off of the uh, DVR uh, or the TiVo. VOD. Sorry, the TiVo. <laughs> the um, TiVo. Come yeah. on, I even call. How it many? VOD. Well done. How many well watched done. it on Yahoo? How about, um, <laughs> how about Vimeo? <laughs> yes, Vimeo is a. It's a very hot item right now. Um, and so it's just, it's it's huge, right? 
And everybody, like you said, everybody's talking. Everybody in my work is talking about it. Like it's, it's just this. It's this you work with a bunch yeah. of nerds. That is true. You work, that is very you work true. at a library. That is so. very true. I cannot deny that. That's on brand. Yeah, it really is. Um, so my question to you guys is this: Is this going to be the last great? Ending of a show that's going to pull this no. many people no. in. No, of course no. Let, not. Well, no, hold on. The way that people consume, not the younger generation, the way that they consume. Well, that would be me. They don't watch Channel 2. They don't watch Channel 4. They don't watch Channel 7. Okay? Mm-hmm. They, and for people who, you missed the CW, which is the best of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, the CW, my bad. <laughs> It's the most it's, Ben thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they watch. They watch Netflix. Everything's on demand. They don't. It's everything's. If you, Netflix, the entire season is put up, and you watch it at your own. Leisurely I see what pace, you're saying. Your own time. Where you have to wait a week. For yes. The next where you show. have to wait a week for the next show. Yeah. It, it, mo- the young kids, the people who are growing up right now, they don't want that. They yeah. don't watch. They I agree with once. that. Yeah. They all want it. So and. and you know, obviously there might be another show or two that, but I mean, it's a, it's a lost art form. The water cooler talk about a show where everybody's watching at the same time, I think, is almost gone. No, Bachelor's still like that. Honestly, it is. No, well, we're talking okay, about the younger on. generation. <laughs> I, I knew I knew Ben was going to bring this up, so I, I pulled up the highest rated viewership numbers for a Bachelor show because I knew this was going to come up. Oh. And it's below Hold Game on. of Thrones. Do we need a useless stat of the week? No, no, no. It's, it, no Seven point nine million. But but my point watched. is watched. That's the most. And this is the season one show number one. So by the by the time six, they're saying that this is, it's going to like double that number of eleven point two million watching it live. That's not even the video on demand people who watched it later. So that's why I'm like, even though seven, I'm not saying that seven point nine is a bad number. But it's still not compared to the Game of Thrones, the very so, first so episode. So your question is, is this the last show that's like a weekly yes. show that's not released all at once? That's that like ha- the it's going to have, it's, is this the last great big one that's ever going to happen? No. Hmm. No. I, I'm sure there'll be a show bigger one day, but I don't, I, I mean, you do have a point about it being I think released. Yeah. You know, people do. They want it all at once. They don't want to wait week to week, which I, I kind of miss. Like, I do like no, having right, to right. wait. As much as yeah. I hate having to wait, yeah. I love having to part wait. Of, part of the part of, of loving having to wait is that you hate it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it just builds that anticipation. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, like think of, uh, Ben, you can relate to this, the Marvel movies. Like, ah, the superhero yeah. movies. I can relate. How, <laughs> he tuned out. No, yeah. I'm totally Super. riveted. Uh, no, and... <laughs> Game of Thrones and Marvel movies. This is my fucking wheelhouse right here. Let's talk oh, uniforms yeah. and soccer while we're at it. <laughs> this is Ben's last show, everyone. Wait. <laughs> Hammer, I'm oh, coming to Car right. of the Galaxy. All right. You'd, he'd rather talk Galaxy than this. That's bad. All right, at Ben. At least it's sports. You get a free pass on the poem next week. You don't have to write a poem. <laughs> I, I wanted to really hear Ben's poem. I know. He probably would have been the best out of all of ours. <laughs> Guaranteed it would be. <laughs> He's secretly in touch with his feelings. Uh, oh, I am. There's no secret about it. Yeah. I'm in touch with my my feminine side. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where I was going with the Marvel movie thing. It, just they, <laughs> they come out like every week. There's a, there's there's so many, right. but but there's something about that formula of having to wait and and. I, 
I, I love it. it builds yeah. anticipation. Right, I and, and I think you're right with the Game of Thrones. It's event television. Yeah. And when you release it all at once, it, I mean, it's it, it's an event when it's released, but then it's it's there it and takes then it's a gone. While for, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you got to think of the mind of a millennial, though. I mean, oh god, no. My my <laughs> my son and daughter, who are ages ten and twelve, they, are they watch millennials. I don't know, is that considered I a millennial? I think they're the next generation. They're the next generation. I don't know. Well, whether, whether it be the millennials I or the next so. generation. Because I like your kids. They love the fact <laughs> that they don't have to wait. Whether it's a yeah. Netflix yeah. show that has five seasons, they will sit there for a good month and blow through all five seasons. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just the way they do it. Yeah. There's no it's waiting different. around. Yeah, my wife, you... my wife hates me in, in that sense. Because when we were like watching Breaking Bad, this is before we had kids. We would sit down in, in the evening after work and we'd sit down, grab a drink, and we'd watch an episode. And then that cliffhanger at the end of the episode. Oh, and then yeah. you'd watch the next on Breaking Bad and you watch that like one minute yeah. intro into what the next one is. Yep. She'd sit there and go, Oh, we, we need to watch this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I'd, yeah. and I'd go, uh, you know, Let's watch it tomorrow. And, yeah. and true to, you know, she was a sweetheart. She, she was upset, but she'd go, Okay. So it literally took us like three or four months to watch. You know, the entire season. Yeah. I think it took her sister literally three days to watch all 55 episodes or something. Oh, like yeah. Wow. And so I think Stephanie has a little of that in her where she could sit down and watch TV for eight to 10 straight hours. <laughs> where me, I think the most we ever watched in any one evening was three episodes. And, yeah, and probably the, around the same the number. At the end of that third yeah. episode, I was like, if she wanted to put on the fourth, I'm like, uh-uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, can't, I need to go yeah. take a walk. I need yeah. to go to sleep or something, something else. I can't watch TV for three straight hours. Yeah. yeah. No, that's Not, a lot. Yeah, that that's is a lot, lot of TV. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats on your Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm so excited. I know, Darren, uh, you better hurry up. Yeah. I'm on season five. Are you yeah. trying to catch up so you can watch the finale the, with everyone? Yeah, that's my goal. I want to go ahead and watch the finale with everybody. He talks about because millennials binge watching, and he's like, I'm going to binge watch this <laughs> shit until... <laughs> He's well, doing the same I'm thing. A lim- I'm yeah. a millennial. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like Darren's the closest we have to a millennial. No, no, is, Vic yeah. is the closest to. No. Well, not an age. Well, definitely not an age. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've addressed that you I'm have not the even youngest a, I'm not even Generation soul. X. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Maybe, yeah. You're a baby boomer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what was the depression like, Vic? Yeah, very depressing. I bet. I believe uh, it. I believe those it. are rough years, well, weren't they? Credit to you for getting That was through. poetic. Yeah. <laughs> loves poetry and I musicals. Do. I do. Oh. It's very true. All right, moving yeah. on. <laughs> moving on. Darren. Yeah. Okay, Darren says uh, in our show notes earlier today, each each uh, week we we put together, you know, what each guy wants to talk about and Darren says, "I want to I want to throw a game out there and I'm it could excited. it go yes. could go incredibly well or awful." <laughs> I hope it, it fails. Fall <laughs> With with you three, I think it's going to go incredibly uh, well. All right, nice. yeah, all right, all right. Let's do this. perfect. So that... you th- you got tough shoes to fill because this is usually filled with the corner of the galaxy. If uh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, that one guy ever decided to show or up, or Kardashian, what's his name? But yes, Kardashian <laughs> right. corners. We we need right. another Kardashian corner. We haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, there's not really a lot of notable activity ah, going on it. with him. Ah. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought I would go ahead and bring it back to the old days where we would fire off those rapid-fire yes! questions. Yes! Oh, no, nice. Love and it. the would-you-rathers. But, however, this no. is not a rapid-fire. <laughs> so or would-you-rather. Don't, you rather. So, don't, don't get me. too excited. You, you got me. both of you those things. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like that. Exactly. <laughs> so, instead, Way to build I'm it up. throwing a game called Five Second Rule. Ooh, oh, okay. And it's a right. very simple game. So, okay. 
basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, yeah, take a drink because uh, that's a magical elixir right there. Yeah. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you guys each a question, and you have five seconds to give me a response. Oh, great. However, you need to give me three answers. Oh, wow. In five five seconds? seconds? In five seconds. For example, very simple. If I I ask Victor, um, name three things that you would find on your nightstand. Maybe he'd phone, shoot off. Phone, phone, a Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And an alarm clock. and a lamp. <laughs> exactly. Ben is going to be amazing Not in this mine. game. Not mine. That was Vic. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know okay, where we're all going. Right. All right. All right. All so right, so right. again, five seconds, three answers. All right. Who wants to start it off? I like it. Jeff. Who's the brave soul? Jeff. I'll do it. All right. Bring it. Jeff. <laughs> So it's gonna start right away, and you know I'm not gonna really keep uh, count of the time. So. Okay. <laughs> well, that defeats the well, whole purpose. Yeah. We'll all slowly count we'll go to five. five yes. Four, three. All right. Okay. Question number one: What are three <laughs> nicknames your wife calls you? Babe, baby, uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey you. <laughs> monkey. Well, <laughs> she calls you monkey. She calls you monkey. Yes, occasionally. Oh. That's a rare one. That's a, wow. I would yeah. not have guessed she that. She throws it no. in there. All right. Yeah. All right. Why monkey? Uh, my have ears. you seen Jeff climb trees? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> oh. Do you eat a lot of bananas? <laughs> I do love bananas. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's just a endearing Term of thing endearment. That yes. Turned All right. At one point, a uh, good one. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. We'll just uh, go to your partner right next to you, Vic. Yes. Name three things you can cover in chocolate. Five, Strawberries, four, ice cream. You're a woman. There you go, you're a woman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ben. Good. Don't give him any hints. Good. Come on, man. He was I struggling there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what a brother does. That's right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. W- would that have ever come to your mind? Really good. Eventually, probably. <laughs> Number twenty six. But it, that five second, second thing kills you. Exactly. That five second thing kills you. All right, Ben. Dude, you watch. I'm gonna like have a brain fart and be like, <laughs> Go ahead. Well, your your first one's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, name three celebrities you had a crush on when growing up. Ooh. Oh, that's a good five, two, four. I'm dying three, here. Um, two, one. Oh, 0.5. I won. I won. Point, I shut him up. You really did. Wow, Darren did the impossible. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> maybe there's so many. Four. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Well, Pam, Pam Anderson two, was, three. The, was the first yeah. one that came to All right. mind. Two, I, two. I want to hear Ben. Go ahead. No, Pam Anderson was was. You get 15 seconds. Don't worry. Oh, yes. No, honestly, I can't think of a girl that I. Ben knew her as Pam in his dreams, not Pamela like the rest of us. Pa- Pamela. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> Alyssa Milano. No, I, I didn't really have. I, Tiffany honestly, Amber Thiessen. Okay, you know what? She was dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't. I, I'm drawing a blank. I really. Wow, am. that really? was a joke. Ben, I didn't think that I would ben draw was a blank, late but... bloomer with the uh, the celebrity crushes. Mm. I didn't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I was I was always playing sports. My mom and dad didn't really allow me to watch more than what about Janet Jackson. Well, hold, you were hold a on. Janet Jackson fan. I wasn't a kid. That was in high school. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So when I, when I was a kid, I was only allowed to watch like one or two TV shows a night, and it was like Knight Rider, you know, Airwolf, you know, the Cosby Show. There, I didn't really have exposure to a lot of those girls, you know, you know, like the teeny bopper girls in those magazines yeah. or whatever the, you know, the, the teen magazines back then. I, I wasn't into that scene, so I yeah. didn't really have. That list. That's why I struggled with that. Yeah. But yeah, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, 
Yeah, she was. Oh, she was definitely yeah. pretty cute. <laughs> that is a good one. I, I would we, have needed help on that. We were talking about actually the other day. It came up your first crush, your first like celebrity crush. Yeah, oh, right. mine was so random. I got to share it. It was the Doritos girl, the, Allie Landry. <laughs> that's, that, that oh. was an adult. I mean, oh. like she's little still kid. there. Right, right, right. Like little kid. It was the girl at the end of the Never Ending Story. Oh, the oh yeah, the princess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think we all she had a crush hot. on her. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, for sure. I've never even yeah. seen it. Oh, yeah. it's a, fan- it's a fantasy it. movie. You know what? So that's on brand. Smurfette. Seen it. Uh, that's yeah. on brand. Oh, okay. I love Smurfette. Okay. I honestly, dude. Like, oh, it, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, it was into you some know. kinky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, all right. Let's go back to uh, Jeff. Um, right. Other than your heart, name three different organs on your body. Your skin, your brain, your penis. Your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you ask me that question? Ben, ben so plays easier. this game right. Yeah. You guys. Except yeah. for my own question. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I forgot we're pandering to the frat bros. Uh, your frat penis, bros. your butthole, <laughs> and uh, your scrotum. Yeah. My balls. All your right. Ear canal. Vic. Ear. Whoa. Name three things you spend the most time washing in the shower. <laughs> oh, I wish I could save my hair. Uh, <laughs> four, uh, three. Your your arms, two. your legs, and your... Huevos. Your huevos. There you I go. You're I trying so hair. hard to be PC about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ben. All right, here we go. <laughs> Now I'm nervous because I screwed up the last time. Last question. All right, here we go. Name three things you can lube. Uh, (laughs) A boat wheel, your penis. (laughs) (laughs) You got the one thing. How did a boat wheel come into that? Listen, before you tow your boat 300 miles, you always want to make oh. sure it's packed full of grease. I right, speak Jeff? from experience. <laughs> you will, your wheel will be passing you down the freeway if you don't. That is true. Good That's job, guys. Good job. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Couldn't even come up with two before you got to. Well, you know oh. that's what everyone else was thinking. Yeah. Oh, well, right. well played, uh, Good stuff. Good Jiffy wow. Loop. And Jiffy so Loop. And Jiffy Loop. Dare it. Jiffy Loop. There you go. It's <laughs> just a place. That's not Cheers. something you lube. Well, we'll maybe there. We'll what if he calls it. it his Jiffy? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Ooh, there you saying. go. Darren, good job. Yeah, that was that was, was great. strong. That was really yeah. good. Way better than that galaxy crap that uh. we have to endure. <laughs> or Kardashian corner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's get out of here, shall we? Yes. We are guys in shorts. Follow us on Twitter at guy. <laughs> you want some more Elijah Wood? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> Elijah Craig. Oh. <laughs> that's what it is. I think we got drunk tonight. Oh, a little bit. A little bit. We whitlocked this episode. Yeah. Baron, Darren, three. Baron? Baron? <laughs> what is oh, happening? We're fired, dude. 
Oh, man, never mind. <laughs> Guys in Shorts Pod. That's where you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Facebook, Reddit, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you the website because we haven't updated it in ages. <laughs> the voicemail, 562-450-3356. Please share the show with all your friends. Spread the word yeah. about Guys in Shorts. And uh, hey, shout out to Mike the Poet. Yes. Thank you again to him yeah, thanks, for joining Mike. us on the show. Joining oh. us on the show. <laughs> I got to pronounce my words on a poetry emphasized episode. <laughs> ben, did you have something to add? I did. And if you're a Kings fan, check him out next season. Oh, oh, King's oh, Realm. Yeah. oh. yeah, Kings Realm. Wow. Is the season done? <coughs> well, the for, them it is. for them, it was <laughs> done a the while Kings ago. Is, yeah. yeah, it's been a while. The oh, playoffs man. are going on right now. Yeah, they're they're, playoffs they're pretty start... crazy playoffs right now. Yeah, yeah we playoffs... won't go into it, but it's it's pretty. But fun. the Kings aren't in it. NHL, the Kings are not in NHL it. NHL and NBA start at the same time, so okay. the Kings season, like the Lakers season, is over. Gotcha. Oh well. So if you're a Kings fan and you want to listen to Kings Realm, check them out next season. Listen, listen to some old episodes. I feel like the last. Yeah, why several... not catch up? Yeah, like they, Game like Game of Thrones. They're still relevant. There you go. Absolutely. Love it. For Victor Costello, Darren Beza, and Ben Garcia, I'm Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>